Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company, and you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. <clears throat> also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Bob Levy, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. We'll be talking about our economic liberties. Also, Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, will be joining us as well. It is December the 14th and on this day in 1911, Norwegian Rode Edmondson became the first explorer to reach the South Pole, beating his British rival Robert Falcon Scott. Edmondson, born in Borg, uh, New, near Oslo in 1872, was one of the great figures in the polar exploration. In 1897, he was the first mate on a Belgian expedition that was the first ever to winter in the Antarctic. In 1903, he guided a 47-ton sloop through the Norwegian Passage and around the Canadian coast, the first navigator to accomplish the treacherous journey. Amundsen planned to be the first man on the North Pole, and he was to embark in 1909 when he learned that American Robert Perry had achieved the feat already. Amundsen completed his preparations, and in June 1910, now mind you, this is only, what, 120, 113 years ago, sailed instead for Antarctica, where the English explorer Robert F. Scott was headed with the aim of reaching the South Pole. In early 1911, Amundsen sailed his ship into Antarctica's Bay of Wales and set up base camp 60 miles closer to the Pole than Scott. In October, both explorers set off, Amundsen using sled dogs and uh, Scott employing Siberian motor sledges. Siberian ponies and dogs. On December the 14th, 1911, Amundsen's expedition won the race to the pole and returned safely to base camp in late January. Scott's expedition was less fortunate. The motor sledge uh, broke down. Ponies had to be shot, and the dog teams were sent back as Scott and four companions continued on foot. On January 18th, 1912, they reached the pole only to find that Amundsen had preceded them by over a month. Weather on the journey, uh, return journey, was exceptionally bad. Two members perished, and a storm later trapped Scott and two other survivors in the tent only 11 miles from their base camp. Scott's frozen body was found later that year. After his historic Antarctic journey, Amundsen established a successful shipping business. He later made attempts to become the first explorer to fly over the North Pole. In 1925, in an airplane, he flew over within 150 miles of his goal, in 1926, he passed over the North Pole in a dirigible just three days after American explorer Robert E. Byrd had apparently done so in an aircraft. In 1996, a diary that Byrd had kept on flight was found and seemed to suggest that he had turned back 150 miles short of its goal because of an oil leak, making Amundsen's dirigible expedition the very first flight over the North Pole. In 1928, Amundsen lost his life while trying to rescue a fellow explorer whose dirigible had crashed at sea uh, in Norway. Amazing stories. Great uh, explorers risking their lives and their possessions in order to accomplish getting to the North and South Poles. <clears throat> Interesting story. Well, Governor Ron DeSantis hosted a roundtable with Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo, and other medical professionals regarding the COVID-19 pandemic and mRNA vaccines. DeSantis announced a petition for statewide uh, grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing in Florida with respect to the COVID-19 vaccine manufacturers. DeSantis also announced a public health integrity committee will be established. The board will advise the public and provide ongoing moving forward on the public health establishment Anything the CDC will put out, you just assume at this point, is not worth the paper it's printed on, DeSantis said. There he said the quiet part out loud, didn't he? CDC, it's what they print is not worth the uh, paper it's printed on. DeSantis said that he intends to pass a bill that protects physicians' First Amendment's rights this year. The decision-making at the top of the country was absolutely abysmal during COVID-19, said Jay Bhattacharya. He's an MD and a PhD. 
Bacharia received many headlines for being blacklisted from Twitter for raising questions about how school lockdowns might affect the nation's children. Uh, part of the reason I think it's been a bad response is because from the very beginning, you had a lot of arrogance, and that's the way, way of the highway, our way of the highway. And anyone that offers any type of dissenting opinion, and they were censoring from day one people who would like to write anti-lockdown things in March of 2020, April 2020, some of these would be taken down off of these big tech platforms, as DeSantis had said. Ladapo, who's, of course, our Surgeon General, here in Florida, has previously spoken out against the mRNA COVID-19 vaccine, saying they are far less safe than other vaccines based on an autopsy-based clinical research in cardiology. These deaths aren't captured by other COVID studies because the patients never made it to the hospital. mRNA COVID-19 vaccines are far less safe than any vaccines widely used, said Ladapo. And when does sanity return to science? Why do scientists breathlessly defend this technology? In October, Ladapo announced a new mRNA COVID-19 vaccine guidance advising against males ages 18 to 39 uh, from taking the vaccines due to a reported 84% increase in the relative incidence of heart-related deaths. Ladapo also uh, warned that the risks of uh, vaccinating healthy children with no underlying conditions, the Surgeon General questioned the CDC on Twitter. DeSantis previously said his administration planned to hold vaccine manufacturers accountable for making false claims about the mRNA COVID-19 products that they may have caused injuries and even death among some who received the vaccines. Just uh, so grateful for, uh, for DeSantis' leadership here in this area. And uh, clearly we're not getting good information from the CDC. It's got a political point of view, in my opinion. And now Ladapo, and uh, hopefully well, companies will take the advice of uh, this committee as well as uh, Ladapo about the risks of vaccines and uh, on public health. I think it's a major step forward. Well, the Florida Senate and two House committees approved a proposal that provides disaster relief to people rebuilding after Hurricane Ian and Nicole Tuesday. The legislation would uh, still need to be approved by the full House. Uh, bill sponsor Senator Travis Hudson uh, compared the state of Florida to someone in surgery after a car accident. We have been whisked away into an ambulance and we're currently in ER performing triage on catastrophic injuries, Hudson said. This is where we are today in the bill. We're trying to stabilize the state. The legislation allocates a total of $751 million from the General Fund for Housing Assistance for Displaced Floridians. This is good news. The reconstruction of beaches and local stormwater and wastewater uh, repairs. The bill appropriates $350 million to the Division of Emergency Management to provide full match requirement for FEMA, public assistance grants to local governments affected by the two hurricanes. $150 million is allocated to the Florida Housing Finance Corporation to assist people with repair or replacement of housing, relocation costs, house reentry assistance, and insurance deductibles. And $251.5 million will be used for beach erosion, local stormwater and wastewater repairs, a hurricane reimbursement grant program, and a small amount for administrative costs. The bill extends certain property tax deadlines. This is good news for folks that have been affected. And discounts for properties destroyed or rendered in uninhabitable due to either hurricane. It also creates a not-for-profit foundation through the, the <clears throat> Uh, to handle donations given for people prior to and after the natural disasters. Hudson noted there is a resiliency committee to address additional hurricane relief needs. He also explained that if a senator's local government is not listed in the bill, there will be time to follow up on the regular session. In other words, this is time for triage. Let's get the bill passed and, and get some uh, relief. There's still plenty of time later, he explained. Today is about triage and stabilization. So that's the progress, pretty good progress on the first day of special session uh, for uh, the uh, Senate, uh, for the state Senate and uh, state House. U.S. Representative Byron Donalds voted against the latest National Defense Authorization Act because of the imposed woke agenda in the military. Our military has one job to do, and that's to train soldiers to defend our homeland and then, if necessary, to win fights and battles across the globe. That's it, he said. The act passed in the U.S. House uh, last week. 
Donald's just explaining now why he didn't vote for it. He said the job of the military is not to get involved in these culture wars that are happening here in the United States. Cleaning up the military from these culture wars is going to be critical for House Republicans. If the military commanders are concerned about this, they are off their mission, he said. There is definitely mission creep in the armed forces, and we have a responsibility to pull that back and refocus the military on its core mission and its only mission, he said. Uh, the DA, uh, NDAA has reportedly uh, record $858 billion in spending priorities. Last year's was $768 billion. The version of this bill passed by the House last week removed the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for military service members receiving bipartisan support. That's good news because it requires at least 10 GOP votes in the Senate. Democrats are not likely to overturn the provision. On the set-to-be-repealed mandate, Governor Ron DeSantis' office, Florida, uh, said uh, celebrated the, the sort of restriction and never saw the light of day. So interesting. Well, yesterday, uh, and with regard to inflation, the most recent consumer price index showed inflation might, again, might be slowing down. The CPI, which measures the average change in prices for a variety of goods and services over time, rose 0.1% last month. That's the smallest annual inflation increase in nearly a year. The report in Wall Street celebrating, well, kind of, the market shot up, uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average up over 800. He settled back down by the end of the day, it was up 100 or so. Uh, investors are keeping their fingers crossed. That might mean less aggressive interest rate hikes from the Fed today. Fingers crossed. Well, Biden, Hunter Biden and his legal team are reportedly preparing a public relations and legal campaign to defend the embattled first son amid likely GOP investigations, a move that has many in the White House quite concerned. The young Biden has hired an attorney, Kevin Morris, to help devise his public defense against allegations stemming from materials covered discovered in his laptop. Morris reportedly wants to take a proactive approach against near-inevitable Republic volleys and has begun to assemble a team to dig up dirt on the First Son's major detractors. So this is how they're going to handle it. They're going to try and find out dirt on people on the subcommittee that are going to be uh, reviewing the laptop with uh, Hunter Biden. Beyond Morris, Hunter Biden has retained attorney Joshua Levy, who has mounted the family's defense against accusations of the familial business interests of compromised President Joe Biden, and Chris Clark, who is dealing with the ongoing Department of Justice probe in the alleged tax violations. Uh, the second matter stems from a 2018 incident when Hallie Biden, uh, Hunter's sister-in-law, deposited uh, the first son's gun in a dumpster behind the local grocery store, but found it was missing when she went to recover it. The dumpster was in close proximity to a school, which triggered the investigation amid concerns the weapon could be used in a crime. At the White House, uh, however, some worried that the scandal-plagued Biden remaining in the limelight could generate blowback from the commander-in-chief, or for the commander-in-chief. Uh, one source put the uh, post that uh, in, one thinks the strategy of putting Hunter Biden front and center is smart. No one, including the White House, thinks this is a smart strategy. So uh, Hunter Biden putting together his own team. Is he defying his dad, the big guy? Well, this is going to be so interesting because it will keep, keep uh, the spotlight on Hunter. And so the way he's going to defend himself is digging up dirt on committee members. I don't think that's going to work so well. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Bob Levy, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Andrew Joppa. Right now we have with us Bob Levy. He is the Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Good to be with you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We are a libertarian think tank headquartered in Washington, D.C., and devoted to defending private property, free markets, securing individual rights, and limited government, C-A-T-O dot O-R-G on the web. Thank you, Bob. Uh, just to remind our listeners, regular listeners, that uh, we've been discussing uh, Supreme Court decisions that have helped expand the federal government since the New Deal. I want to pick up on economic liberties. Uh, have our rights been divided into categories with some rights getting more protection than others? Yeah. Uh, economic liberty, which is the rubric under which this topic is usually discussed, and it usually includes things like the right to form your own business without unwarranted government restrictions. But the, the Supreme Court has decided that that right, along with the right to contract and the right to own and use private property, those rights get less protection than other so-called fundamental liberties. So, yeah, I think you're correct that our rights have been sort of bifurcated, and uh, the court vigorously protects some of our rights, things like voting and the rights that are specifically set forth in the Bill of Rights, like speech and religion, etc., and also privacy. Uh, but minimally protects other rights, such as the right to make an honest living. And interestingly, this was all accomplished with a single footnote that everybody studies in law school, but very few non-lawyers know much about. And it's a case called U.S. versus Caroline Products back in 1938. And because of that footnote, the court rigorously reviews government regulations only if they infringe on what the court has determined to be a fundamental right, and these economic liberties are not one of those. Oh, that's so interesting. So what does it mean to say that a right is uh, fundamental? Well, to qualify as fundamental, the right has to be, and these are terms of art that the court has used, quote, implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. 
and, quote, deeply rooted in the nation's history and traditions. So how you define a right, whether you define it narrowly or broadly, makes all the difference in terms of whether it qualifies under those definitions. So in effect, the the narrowness or breadth of the right dictates uh, the outcome of the case. And I think we've talked in the past about a a couple of cases that uh, illustrate that. There was Raich versus Gonzalez, where a sick person in California claimed that she had a right to use medical marijuana. It was legal in uh, in California, and she had a doctor's order, but it was not legal under federal law. So the federal court of appeals, when looked at this, characterized the right as the right to use cannabis for medical purposes. Pretty narrow definition. Mm-hmm. So Miss Raich lost that case. Medical marijuana uh, said the court isn't required for ordered liberty, nor is it deeply rooted in our nation's traditions. So if, if the court had adopted Raich's characterization of the right, much, much broader, which was the liberty to pursue a less painful life, uh, she would have won that case. But the court did not adopt her definition. That's so interesting. So can you give us an example of a case that went the other way? Yeah, there's a useful contrast in the case in Texas, uh, Lawrence versus Texas. The Supreme Court in that case overturned a Texas regulation that would have criminalized consensual uh, homosexual sodomy. And uh, Texas lost that case because the court characterized the regulation uh, as barring a, quote, relationship within the liberty of persons to choose without being punished as criminals. So that was a very broad definition of the right. Mm. If the court had said what Texas argued, namely the case was simply about gay sex, uh, then the right would not have been deemed uh, fundamental. So you, you could ask yourself which of these characterizations is correct. And the answer is, in a sense, they're both right. I mean, Mrs. Raich, she was trying to live with less pain she was also using medical marijuana. Uh, Mr. Lawrence was pursuing this personal, private, consensual relationship with his partner, but he was also engaged in homosexual conduct. So the court rules how it wants to rule, based simply on its description, broad or narrow, uh, of the right. And I think that's the the foolishness of bifurcating our rights into these two categories, yep. fundamental and non-fundamental, all the rights, uh, in in my view, whether they're enumerated in the Constitution or among our unenumerated rights, whether they're fundamental or they're non-fundamental, all of them ought to be rigorously protected by the courts. And that's especially true for these economic liberties where the regulations designed to, they're actually designed to protect these politically connected persons from competition. And those are routinely rubber-stamped by the courts and should not be. Such an important distinction, Bob. Uh, And, you know, quite frankly, we take a look at how businesses are run now and how much uh, government has to say about how businesses are run. You can't smoke in a bar. You know, all the different things that uh, now that the the government now steps in and makes the decisions because their right as business owners aren't fundamental. Yes, and we, and we wonder why we're having uh, problems with inflation in this country. Well, one reason for that, not the only reason, of course, but one reason is the compliance costs in, in this litigious society that we have, a combination of government passing oppressive regulations and consumers getting, and consumers plus employees getting used to those oppressive regulations mm-hmm. and trying to take advantage of that, exploiting that. Uh, for their uh, personal benefit. I don't mean to imply that all such litigation is frivolous, but a lot of it is, and a lot of it is uh, adds to, of course, the price of goods and services, and therein lies at least one contributor uh, to our inflation problem. Yeah, good example is uh, 8% of the population in the United States of America is right here in Florida, but 78% of the litigation 
uh, occurs right here in Florida for, for uh, property rights. So it's so interesting. Hey, I know that uh, the Institute for Justice specializes in economic liberty cases, and you were on the Institute's board for many years. Can you tell us about a recent cases or any recent cases of interest? One that got a lot of uh, PR was a case called Flynn versus Holder. It was a challenge to the National Organ Transplant uh, Act. Uh, every year, nearly 3,000 Americans die because they can't find a matching bone marrow donor, and minorities are hit especially hard. So common sense would suggest that uh, if you offer modest incentives to attract more bone marrow donors, uh, that would be worthwhile. But federal law made that a felony, huh. uh, punishable by up to five years in prison. The National Organ Transplant Act, that was an act back in 1984, it treats compensation for marrow donors as though it were black market organ sales. Wow. And giving a college student a scholarship for donating marrow could land everybody, the doctors, the nurses, the donors, and the patients, uh, in federal prison, I.J. sued and won. What an interesting case. But I believe he, again, the uh, chairman of the Cato, I should say Cato, uh, chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute. Bob, this is so interesting. Let's pick up the discussion next week and continue uh, talking about economic liberties. Really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. All right, thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Professor Andrew Joppa. He's also an author. His book is uh, Josephus of Oz. Andy, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Andy. We usually start our weekly discussions with some good news. you have any good news for us? Well, I'm gonna, without over-dramatizing it, I'm going to suggest we may have the best news in the history of mankind today, Bob. I know that's a dramatic introduction, uh, but let, let, me, let me just get there quickly so I don't leave the audience hanging. Uh, for the first time recently, a nuclear fusion experiment was conducted in which more energy was created than was expended. Now, this is a, a very early step forward, but it is the first time that kind of nuclear fusion experiment has ever been successfully conducted. If in the future this particular experiment and what results from it can be harnessed, 
we have an unlimited supply of clean energy for all of humanity. So if that sequence of events takes place, Bob, uh, I think we're talking about the, uh, the, the most significant quantum change in the history of our species. To give your audience an idea of how difficult this is, however, what they did is they put hydrogen atoms inside something, a capsule uh, about the size of a peppercorn. They focused 192 laser beams on it. They heated that capsule to 100 million degrees Celsius, hotter than the center of the sun, and compressed it then to 100 billion times that of the Earth's atmosphere. Once the hydrogen atoms uh, imploded on themselves, it released the energy. So that is the process of nuclear fusion, to get these hydrogen atoms to, wow. uh, to collapse on themselves, and in that process of fusing, the energy is released. Now, again, as they say in all the articles about this, this is a, a very elementary step forward, but it was the critical step forward. Uh, they do believe that once that step was successfully taken, that the other steps necessary to harness this as a, uh, a reliable tool for mankind uh, is in the future, not in the immediate future, but in the next several decades they project perhaps, Bob. You know, in my mind, this is, uh, this is just an unbelievable... What I can envision is, uh, for example, going to Home Depot and picking up your own nuclear fission uh, box and uh, installing it in your home. No need for the, electric, uh, the uh, power grid. I mean, it literally can replace so much that we have right now that's so antiquated anyhow. It, it is a real game changer if, in fact, we can actually apply it. And, of course, I, I, I believe that we're going to find some capitalists out there, some people who are uh, inventors who are going to be able to figure this out and, and make it work faster than a couple of decades. Well, I think your, your way of uh, uh, laying this out, Bob, is very accurate. I, uh, you know, we, we can't get ahead of it, but uh, science in these type of areas, once they make the crucial breakthrough, which is what has just happened, right. uh, everything else is just a matter of time. So I think we're heading in that direction. It probably won't happen in our lifetime, Bob, but I think the future of mankind is not going to be wind. It's not going to be solar. It's not going to be geothermal. It's not going to be tidal. It will be nuclear fusion. I think we know that now uh, almost as a surety, Bob. Great news indeed. Uh, so, Andy, well, thank you for sharing that with us. Any other good news? Well, uh, Lauren Boebert was, uh, Boebert was the, declared the winner in, uh, in Colorado's 3rd Congressional District. I think that's uh, uh, an important statement. I think we're now up as Republicans, if we say we, uh, up to 222 uh, members in the House. I think that was uh, an important win, not only because of the number, but uh, because of who, who Boebert is and her political positioning. So I, I think that, that was an important win for, uh, for, I would say, for America, at least for the Republican Party, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, right now, uh, Hunter Biden is beginning to assemble his team to detract uh, from the reputation of the people that are going to be interviewing him. He's going to bring the spotlight on himself and away from, and of course, this is to the detriment, I think, of the, uh, the Biden administration. I think they're a little concerned about this. I wonder if this could lead to some sort of a split between uh, the Biden and the Biden family and uh, for Biden protecting the big guy. Well, I mean, it may come to the point where somebody has to take the fall, and I don't think it's going to be Joe. So I think we're talking about the potentials there that exist. Uh, if somebody has to be thrown to the, uh, to the, uh, to the legal process, uh, it, it probably will be Hunter Biden, if that's what you're describing, Bob. Uh, well, I think it is, and uh, I think there's some hand-wringing hand going on in the Biden administration right now on how they're going to handle this, but uh, Biden is, uh, Hunter uh, believes that he should move forward, and uh, he's assembled his legal team. So interesting to watch, and he, well, he, there is no defense because you know he's this laptop. It's it's authentic. It's got all this information. I mean, where does he hide? I think the implication is not only for Hunter Biden and Joe Biden uh, and and the uh, the brother. Uh, essentially, we're looking at the implication of the FBI's role in this and suppressing yes. that, and certainly the social media in suppressing it. So I think as this thing unfolds, it, it'll have a, a far-sweeping implication for in several different directions, Bob. Uh, let me just point out, somewhat facetiously, two pieces of good news, well, somewhat facetiously, but uh, they, they just uh, created a law banning hanging 
as a federal crime. I'm just really thrilled that that happened. <laughs> I, I don't want to be insensitive to the historical issue of hanging, and I'm not being that. What I'm talking about is the need of the federal go- government to create a law right now uh, to ban hanging, which is uh, obviously something that has absolutely no currency in the last 50 years of American uh, American history. I think all it does is is bring to mind in the uh, in the mind of American blacks the 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 historicity of hanging, which serves no purpose uh, other than to antagonize a population that has already been uh, largely antagonized by the media and by the uh, by the political left. So um, I think that is a a, a political process of, of banning uh, hanging. Uh, it has no no positive implication. I think it's just to antagonize uh, the African American population. Uh, another one that I'd like to point out just just occurred, which is the uh, the passing of the uh, Respect for Marriage Act, which signed into law by by Biden, and uh, it is legalizing at the federal level uh, same-sex marriage and interracial marriages, both of which were already were already legal. Illegal. Now, in this process for this signing, uh, Joe Biden invited invited in a drag queen. As to how a drag queen in some way is even vaguely related to the issue of marriage is beyond me. Cindy Lauper, the uh, singer Cindy Lauper, appeared at this, and, and she indicated that now we can love each other. Well, no. We've always been able to love each other. We've always been able to live with each other. The issue is marriage. It's not live and uh, a, a domestic uh, process of, of, of cohabitation. It is marriage. If we look back at the history of, mar- of marriage itself as an institution, it was created to give definition to the, uh, to the sequence of events that created a child. It was a matter of creating the, uh, the, the process that could identify a child's uh, 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 historical father, the parentage, and so forth. So you have marriage that act created to defend children and define children uh, now has been somehow expanded into something that is the only way to document love in terms of many of the people on the left. So, um, look, I, I have no problem with intersex marriages. Um, uh, I have no problem with interracial marriages. So that isn't my point at all, and I hope that's understood. Sure. What I'm talking about is the government again once again creating something that only antagonizes the political divide of America and in itself accomplishes absolutely no purpose, Bob. Well, it does accomplish one purpose for the Democrat Party. They are overwhelmed with problems they can't deal with or can't solve. We're talking about inflation. We're talking about the border. And you can go right down the, down the list of the things that are going on. So what do they do? They start creating it. They change the scent. They, tra- they try to change the scent away from the real problems we have and to things like gay marriage and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. When I was talking about this, uh, there's no problem in that area. I was talking about for America. And I'm, when I was speaking of it, I said this law creates no benefit. But you are right, Bob. Uh, certainly the, the Democrats are desperately seeking issues that in some way will enable them to escape the, the damage they're doing right now. If we just point out, for example, yesterday, uh, Joe Biden took a, a victory lap because the uh, consumer price index had a not it didn't have a drop as, as best I saw the numbers, what they do, and what they're doing more and more of, in my estimation, Bob, is they're creating high estimates of potential. In other words, what should the consumer price index go to in their projection? When it comes in less than the projection, even if it's high, higher than it was, they declare that a victory. So Joe Biden took a victory lap, not because they lowered the consumer price index, but because it came in lower than projection. Now, this is happening at the same point that on Monday and Tuesday, uh, there was a significant thousand point uh, drop in the, uh, in the, in the Dow, uh, primarily caused by tremendous levels of layoffs in, in major sectors of the economy, in finance, in media, in technology. So here we have a definable situation in the economy, major layoffs in major sectors of the economy, uh, resulting in a significant drop in the Dow, and Biden is taking a victory lap on the basis of a less-than-anticipated rise in the consumer price index, Bob. It's all politics. We're going to take a little break right now, Andy. Can you stick around? I'll be here. All right. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best, now building a 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. It's going to be absolutely terrific. You can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.com. Dot org. We continue the conversation with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Again, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Good to be with you, Bob. Andy, before, I want to move into the topic of transgenderism, but before, I don't want to see if you had anything else on your mind right now. Uh, a few more news stories. I think they're worth, worth noting um, because I project there may be more significance than the immediacy of the story. Uh, right now in Beijing, China, they're being hit with a major pandemic for the first time. Now, to me, this means you're eventually always going to pay the piper. In other words, no matter what you do within the most draconian measures, there will be an outbreak of, of COVID. Now, what we're seeing in, uh, in China right now is a, is a dramatic impact. Uh, for the first time in, in Beijing, uh, I become more and more convinced, Bob, that if we adjust, let COVID run its natural course, we're acquiring natural immunity was the destination. Using strong therapeutic intervention, I think we would all be better off right now. And I'm going to say, with absolutely no scientific background at this exact moment, I would say we'd be beyond it at this point. Uh, because eventually, as we can see in Beijing, eventually it will happen if you are trying to suppress it artificially. I think natural immunity should have been pursued, supported with therapeutic intervention. So if you have any comment, and I've got a few other stories I want to allude to. Yeah, I, I would like to make this comment. Again, uh, I want to uh, underscore the fact that our uh, Governor DeSantis is uh, now going to form a committee to uh, create uh, public health information you with with the leadership of uh, Ladapo or Lapato, I should say, uh, to, for uh, for information because, as, as DeSantis said, you just can't trust what we're getting out of the CDC, which is, uh, he said the quiet part out loud. I just really salute him for doing that. Well, I think, uh, as far as I remember, one of the stories, at least, that I read, it indicated DeSantis was actively pursuing fraud uh, by some of the um, uh, vaccine manufacturers right. and distributors. I'm, I'm not sure if that wording is exactly true, but it's a, I think I heard some very direct statements of what he is looking at uh, in terms of how this has been advocated and pursued by, uh, by the profit makers in that industry, Bob. I think that's absolutely right. He's, in fact, he's, got a, 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 he's bringing together a grand jury through the Supreme Court in uh, Florida f to investigate uh, the wrongdoing by uh, drug ma manufacturers. Okay, and just one more piece of news. It's uh, just a, a, one of these strange stories. After all the investigation that's going into January 6th, apparently, uh, fairly recently, a lower-ranking member at Yahoo, while uh, searching fishing in the Washington, D.C. area, stumbled across a 500-page document 
uh, that described the um, the process of how the far right was going to smuggle arms into D.C. and start a civil war. Now, they have not released that person's name or the, uh, the information that they say is available because of the person's safety. They don't want to release his name. So here we have, after all this time, this new, what they're describing as a new bombshell load of information uh, that's come forward by someone stumbling across uh, this incredible document uh, buried, not buried, it wasn't in the dark web, it was just there, but it had to be searched. Uh, a 500-page document from the far right describing the overthrow of the United States government. <laughs> so, Andy, uh, without any other information, it's the first I've heard about this, sounds like a, a setup to me. Well, I mean, it, it, it certainly does. I mean, there's, there's just no doubt in my mind that this type of, of process is, uh, would have been discovered. There's, uh, the, the Internet has been scanned with a fine-tooth comb yeah. to uh, try to uh, determine you know, all people who were involved in any way in this process to suggest they would have missed a 500-page uh, a document on the open <laughs> net uh, is just is, is impossible to believe, especially at this point in time. I think it gets back to what you were saying before. This is perhaps, if it, if it develops legs, uh, will be another story that the Democrats try to use to, uh, to dodge their, uh, their, their own problems of their own creation, Bob. I think that's right. So uh, uh, transgenderism seems to be getting the news right now. Uh, we had this, uh, I've forgotten his name now, but our, the guy in charge of uh, nuclear waste... <laughs> Brendan, Sam Brendan. Sam Brendan. And so he's, he's got another fetish. He wants to steal luggage. Apparently doesn't uh, on camera. And so now he's no longer uh, with the Department of Energy. But it certainly brings up this whole topic of transgenderism. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, look, Sam Brinton is uh, deeper uh, eccentricities. Uh, perhaps they're in some way related to his uh, his sexual identity issues. I'm not making that that claim, and I'm certainly not suggesting all transgenders are having mental deficiency or mental uh, eccentricities. But uh, in in Sam Brinton's case, and in, in other cases, uh, uh, Rachel Levine, for example, in, in Health and Homeland Security, uh, also is is advocating that children be given intervention treatment for. Uh, for their presumption of the need for transgender therapy, uh, and, and effectively she's suggesting that a child who is too young to allow for sexual contact at the age of 13 should be able to have these sexual uh, transgender interventions uh, without parental involvement uh, because of their tremendous importance. And I think it, it brings up the question you somewhat alluded to as you introduced it. Why is this topic gaining such tremendous traction in America? If we go back just a few years, there was one-tenth of one percent of the American population who, have, who identified themselves as being transgender. That number has now ridden, uh, risen uh, to the level of five percent. So we've seen a 50 percent, a 50 times rather, increase in the number of people who self-identify uh, or under under uh, interview identify as being in a transgender mode. So this is a, an issue that is uh, gaining political leverage. I think it's being used. Uh, it's a Marxist ploy, Bob, in my estimation, right. uh, to damage the family, to damage children, and ultimately the family as a result. And one of the things also that Marxism tries to destroy is eternal truths. And what could be more an eternal truth than there is a man and there is a woman. Uh, that is an eternal truth that we've been living with, obviously, for, for good reason, for the entirety of the human experience. Those words and that concept have no longer any, uh, any uh, staying power in the, uh, in the American culture, and I think that's, uh, that's a shame. If we look at some of the recent comments by uh, a renowned and uh, respected psychiatrist, Paul McHugh, he says that the, uh, the transgender pressures right now with the treatments that are associated with them uh, create uh, dramatic levels of, of, of depression, of, of suicidal tendencies. So there is a downside inherent in the process above and beyond the absence of parental involvement and the damage it does to the physical body of a child. It creates in the long run depression and a very strong tendency for uh, uh, for uh, for suicide. 
Now, there may be some in these areas that need this kind of work, but it should not be. The first line of, of medical intervention, medical in intervention should start with psychiatric intervention. It shouldn't start with the uh, involvement of, of uh, surgery and, and pharmaceutical intervention. So I think we're looking at a process that is politicized. It is a, 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 a method to impose uh, Marxism uh, philosophies on this country. Uh, and I think, again, it, it's also one of those issues, Bob, that you alluded to, uh, that once again takes America away from serious issues that are that are really affecting this country, Bob. Well, just to underscore our entire conversation with the, the concept that you just mentioned, uh, it just seems to me that the, uh, this entire administration is focused on destroying the institutions that exist right now that support the Constitution, and uh, it, it's the attempt to, to, to move us towards a Marxist society as opposed to a, a society based on the rule of law and the Constitution. So the, right now, if you if just take a look at what's going on, is there anything that's going on in the Biden administration that's helping the American people? My estimation, may, on the margin, there's absolutely not. There's nothing going on. That's, it's all doing it to the American people, not for the American people. Absolutely. I was going to talk a little bit today, but I'm going to do it next week about a recent uh, essay published by uh, Victor Davis Hanson, which was titled Our Parasitic Generation. It's a long piece, but uh, for your audience, if, if they want to um, invest some time, it's on American greatness. Uh, it runs through the incredible list of negative impacts that have been experienced since Biden came into office. It's an inescapable process of, that reaches a conclusion that this many, uh, this many actions leading to so many negative outcomes had to be done with intent, Bob. There was just no way this much could be done just by incompetence uh, or by uh, accidental and accidental. This had to be a planned process, Bob. Absolutely. And we're going to take a little break. Can you stick around? I will still be here, Bob. All right. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board, creating policies and programs, among other things, to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We continue the conversation with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Again, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. 
good to be here, Bob. So where do we go from here with this trans transgenderism uh, issue right now? Because well, let me at least tell one story, which I think highlights uh, a lot of this issue. The National Hockey League, which has uh, tried to or seemed to have tried to remain uh, removed from the woke process and immune from it, has finally yielded to it and is starting a transgender hockey league. Now, they had their first game the other day where uh, women who said they were men and men who said they were women were playing against each other. Uh, one of the body checks thrown by a man who claimed to be a woman against a, uh, a woman who claimed to be a man a very mild check gave her a serious concussion. I mean, it was a it was a hit that would take place a hundred times in every hockey game. But and this is nothing to laugh at, obviously. But she had a serious concussion. One of the other hockey players claiming to be a man who is a woman, essentially, she she sulked into the corner of the rink, and and they couldn't remove her. She was crying so hysterically. It took it took like uh, several long minutes uh, to coax her back into. The the game because of her, she was so emotionally distraught by this process. Uh, now, the intent of the NHL is apparently to try to find a successful transgender player who can actually make it in to the NHL. Why that's important is totally beyond me. But I think we can see in that one exposure that when a woman claims to be a man or a man claims to be a woman, the outcome doesn't change. You don't gain the strength of the other or the weakness, as the case may be, by claiming that status. So if, if this is the perpetuation of a process that will go on, I think we're looking at women becoming seriously damaged in every area of contact sports where they're allowed to participate head-to-head -head with men who now claim to be women, Bob. Well, I think the real story here is, in fact, that she got in line thinking she was going to get a flu shot and ended up in a hockey game. I'm sorry, I missed that part. <laughs> I was being facetious. I said she was standing in line to get a flu shot. She ended up in a hockey game. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, this is just all so absurd that it just beggars the imagination to yeah. to try to understand why, why this would be allowed. Uh, certainly, there are many women that are pushing back against this kind of process, and one that it has the potentiality of, of destroying women's sports. Now, I'm the grandfather of a, a young six-year-old child who, in my estimation, Bob, is the greatest athlete I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't want to see this young girl's life damaged yeah. because of having to compete with, with men as she ages. This is going to be a super athlete, and I don't want to see her life uh, damaged or interfered with by this process. So I have a real personal investment uh, in this. But before, before we go, let me just get back to something I cited uh, last week, not related to transgenderism, uh, but the numbers I had given you last week in terms of the uh, election of, uh, of Warnock in, in, in Georgia with the strong black support have been confirmed again. I, I had seen them and uh, searched them last week. 30% uh, of the Georgia electorate uh, black, 90% of them voted for Warnock. Uh, the question becomes why, and it, it's, uh, Warnock is a boilerplate Democrat of the left. Uh, here you have Atlanta, 50% black, a poverty rate of 18.5%. 75% um, of the adults in Atlanta are not married compared to roughly 50% nationwide. So here we have a community seriously damaged economically, seriously damaged socially, and yet 90% of the blacks vote for Warnock uh, as a basic statement of wanting to continue those policies that have damaged them. Uh, I have no way of explaining or justifying or, or giving a rationale to that African-American vote, Bob. Yeah, we just got to pay more attention to the Constitution and uh, embrace it as the rule of law as opposed to going down this uh, left woke nonsense and uh this i think if anything this discussion has highlighted the importance of a focus on the rule of law well i i just published a an essay which you probably saw we need to strengthen the constitution uh and i think that is, is something we need to do the constitution has not been able to protect itself from the devious left uh, they never, they never projected a, a an American body politic that was so anti-American. So we have to back up a bit and strengthen the Constitution in all of its areas, not to weaken its its words, but to strengthen its words, Bob. Absolutely. In fact, if you read the Russian Constitution, it reads very much like the American Constitution. It's the, it's the uh, uh, the habits, the morale, the morality, or the uh, the the uh, 
ethos of the entire country that really affects and you know the constitution in and of itself can't do anything if we don't support it so and it was john adams who said that this constitution was written for only immoral people and, and i think we're finding out that he was absolutely correct without a moral people the constitution has no binding impact bob andy always appreciate your commentary here in the show thank you so much for joining us talk soon bob. all right thank you andy well that's a wrap here on today's show i hope you enjoyed it i certainly did uh tomorrow we have some great guests including seton motley the founder and president of less government keith flaw is the co-founder of the florida citizens alliance michael cannon is the director of health policy studies at the cato institute and the former mayor of naples bill barnett i always look forward to my conversation with bill as well always appreciate your comments on the show you can send me an email at bob harden at hotmail.com and uh uh if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. That's one of the ways we support our advertisers to get the word out. Uh, we couldn't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.